Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Please keep spreading the word. If you like this podcast, it has been so helpful and I really appreciate it. Also like, subscribe, review wherever you listen. A few small updates I'm plugging away on the website, so hopefully that will be up soon. If you listen to it, look for a new episode of the Corporate Flight Attendant podcast later this week. It's finally happening, and I have decided to help out my local food pantry on a more permanent basis, which, of course, the food pantry is only open Tuesdays at lunchtime, which is when I record live on Podbean. And I actually really do like recording live. I think it's really fun and I just like the experience of it. But because of this food pantry, I think what I'm going to do is just jump on Podbean Live on one of my free Tuesdays once a month with a subtopic and that would be at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and I'll let you know when that happens. Today's topic is my childhood fascination of the paranormal. Okay, so when I was little, I really didn't know how to identify myself as metaphysical or spiritual. Instead, I was more obsessed with the paranormal, especially extraterrestrials and ghosts. And I really honed in on that in reading. Anytime I could read about extraterrestrials or ghosts, anything I could get my hands on, fiction, nonfiction, it didn't matter. That was my obsession. So today I am discussing extraterrestrials and human consciousness or UFOs from a spiritual and metaphysical perspective, which you often don't hear. I also have to tell you that I was so obsessed with UFOs. When I was in high school, I took a public speaking class and the teacher was really young and really cool. And every topic I spoke on, we could choose. And I usually chose ghosts or UFOs to the point that the teacher said, listen, kid, you got to you gotta give me another subject. Every week, it's the same subject. You got to give me something else. So that's how obsessed I was. I'm going to be using... ET or extraterrestrial, UFO, and alien interchangeably, those three terms. On December 10th, 2020, only three weeks ago, the Jerusalem Post published an article that rocked the world. Hayam Ished, who served as the head of Israel Space Program for 30 years and is a three-time recipient of Israel's Security Award, says not only do the Americans and the Israelis have contacts with extraterrestrials, but there is a secret underground base on Mars with American and alien representatives. Apparently, President Donald Trump was on the verge of disclosing their existence, but was stopped because humanity is not ready for such a disclosure. The idea of instilling fear into society about UFOs is prevalent, right? Think of our movies, think of the rhetoric, even past presidents have 
called aliens a national security threat. So we have a lot of fear instilled into the public. However, in the past several years, humanity has pushed for a change in regard to declassifying classified information about the aliens. The American government, for example, has disclosed information. What we've been noticing is humanity, and especially young people, millennials, want this disclosure, then if we want this disclosure, aren't we ready to embrace the world, the universe, outer space, and beyond? And if so, isn't this an expansion, in fact, of our consciousness? That's what we are going to talk about today. In the 2020 documentary on Amazon Prime entitled Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, Contact Has Begun, Dr. Stephen Greer, founder of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Disclosure Project, delves into the physics of ETs. All right, here's a life tip. I just thought I'd throw this in. I'm about to talk about physics a little bit, and don't worry, you will understand it. I took two semesters of astronomy in college because I had to fill math and science requirements. And I will tell everyone, any of our younger listeners, anyone who's going back to college, astronomy is not just looking at stars as they talk about in Reality Bites. It is absolute hardcore math. And I was actually doing physics for for a year of my life. And anyone who knows me knows that I am not a math or science person. I'm proud of myself. I got a C the first semester and the second semester I got a B minus. So I think that's pretty impressive that I was doing college level physics and uh, I actually passed. So (laughs) that that is my proudest moment in college, but I just thought I'd throw that in. If we think about the quantum physics of UFOs, Here are the questions that Dr. Stephen Greer poses. How they travel and communicate through interstellar distances, how they generate power, and how they're manufactured. Here is Greer's understandable breakdown of these physics questions. Okay, if you're traveling beyond the speed of light, beyond the sound barrier, there's something beyond the light barrier. And if you're going from the Andromeda galaxy, that's 2.5 million light years away at the speed of light, it would take you 2.5 million years for the ETs to get here. The speed of light is too slow. You cannot go from point A to B through the cosmos through a linear system of transportation. Moreover, you cannot communicate through those distances with something at the speed of light, which is what your cell phone and all these radio frequency electromagnetic communications devices we use now on Earth are using. Any civilization that is here, that is interstellar by definition, is trans-dimensional. They're passing through other dimensions and dropping out of linearity and going from A to B. Boom almost like a teleportation. Any communication systems that these ETs have are also going at the speed of not light, but of thought. Quanta of thought, or quantum thought, the central operating system 
and communication system for all interstellar civilizations is consciousness and thought and technologies that interface with them. If quantum scientists are correct, the UFOs have been here at least a billion years ahead of us. So if you think about that, they've ascended and live in a consciousness that we humans are only beginning to grasp. We've talked about the dimensions, right? We've talked about we live in the third dimension mostly. Some of us live between the third, fourth, and fifth dimension. And if you're in the fifth dimension as a human, you're doing pretty well. You're living in a higher consciousness. But imagine if these aliens are living, let's say, in the eighth, ninth, tenth dimensions or beyond that, dimensions we don't even know. They're light years away from Earth. How are they coming to us? Are they coming to us in peace and love? Here's my two cents. If they are a billion years ahead of us in technology, and that's minimally a billion years, I would imagine they can just blow up the earth with a single laser. That's all they need to do is push a button. You're sitting there enjoying your Starbucks or you're typing at your computer and boom, and you feel nothing and you're gone and you're now in outer space. That's what I think. I think if they have the technology, and I'm sure they do have the technology if they're that advanced, I believe they're not coming here to make war or to hurt us or anything. I think they are coming here with some type of message, and hopefully the message is peace or love. Dr. Greer, he insists through his thousands of ET experiences that they are here The extraterrestrials are here to show us a new way to live through higher consciousness, and they're happy we're connecting with them, as Greer does in his groups. He leads groups to various locations around the world. The group meditates together and does a series of what they call protocols, and they are able to have peaceful and loving encounters with aliens. This was interesting in the documentary. There's a member of the group who everyone knew had hearing issues. The man wore two hearing aids. And even with these hearing aids, he really could not hear that well. He gave up a lot of his childhood because he couldn't go to parties or sporting events because he simply couldn't hear. So this has been a lifelong issue for this man. He came into contact with an alien and they have a photograph of it where the alien's standing behind him. And the UFO's head looks like a red triangle. And again, I I know that some people are saying, well, that could be a doctored photograph. I, I understand all of that. But if you believe in this, then the man made contact with the alien, communicated with this being, and at the end said, hey, can you do something about my hearing? He woke up the next day and has never worn hearing aid since. And he's been completely healed, and that was years ago. So that's interesting that if they're coming with the idea of peace and love, they're also coming with the idea of healing, which makes sense to me because of a lot of these ancient civilizations, that was part of their job, was to heal and to heal others. One of the protocols is called vectoring meaning you provide the extraterrestrial with your exact location. Here's an example. If I'm calling in an alien, I would say, come to the west side of the United States in a state that's shaped like a square. 
looked for large mountains with snow atop and see a village in between two peaks called Aspen. So that's an example. It's a sequence. It's much like pilots vector in in a plane. It's the same thing. You're doing that sequence. So these aliens or whoever you're trying to contact has your exact location. Greer says once you vector them with only peace and good intentions, you will receive a signal if done correctly. Greer has an app called CE5 or Close Encounters 5, meaning human initiated or communicated contact with the aliens. I looked up this app. It's $10 on the app store. It has a lot more equipment to it than I thought. For example, an infrared camera they suggest, which is understandable. If you're trying to take these pictures, some of these aliens you can't see with the naked eye, some of their spacecrafts. So that that makes sense to me 100%. But I think beyond the app, it would be some serious money to invest But if that's your hobby and you are an alien hunter and that's something you want to do or you want to make contact with them, why not? Why not do it? For me, I think I'd rather contact these other beings in my own meditation in a safe way. And I'll go into that in a little bit. The idea of vectoring really resonated with me because it sounds pretty much like long distance Reiki. When I do long-distance Reiki on someone, I will get their exact location, street address, town, city, county if they want me to do it. I I will get the state name, the country name, their birth date, everything, everything I can vector in on, I do. So I will, you know, I'll get into a meditative state. I will do the long distance symbol and I will say something like, Please send this healing energy for the highest good to Jane Doe, who lives at X address, born January 1st, 1950. And that's how I vector in on them. Also, the idea of meditation. When I'm in a deep, higher state of meditation, I see these strange, otherworldly colors I never knew how to explain. And now that I've been looking because of this podcast I've been researching this week extensively at space photos from this documentary, they look exactly like the colors in outer space. So when I'm meditating and I'm in this deep state of consciousness, what am I accessing? Where am I going? Am I going to outer space? Have I made contact with an extraterrestrial? Because all I see is beings of light. I don't know. I also kind of giggled because this thought came up as I was researching this, and I'd love to see what anyone thinks about it. I also think of middle-aged friends and those in my women's circle who are obsessed with telescopes. I've had so many conversations with middle-aged metaphysical people who all of a sudden pick up a telescope and just absolutely love it. It was, you know, something that was handed down from their parents and they're enjoying it with their children. In my house growing up, my dad, when he was middle-aged, also went through a period of looking in the telescope. And we looked in the telescope together at stars and constellations. Meanwhile, my mom, who's not metaphysical, 
really had no interest in it. But I remember for a while, my dad really had that interest in it. So here's an idea. Is it that as metaphysical people, as we age, as we come closer to human death, our intuition is saying, raise our consciousness and look toward the universe to do so. I don't know. This is just something to think about, something for you to think about, because maybe that is what we're saying. Maybe it's just more than a middle-aged hobby of grabbing that telescope that was up in the attic. I think it is. And I think the majority of the people I talk to who have this newfound hobby at this age are metaphysical. Something to, something to ponder over. Also, last year on January 4th, 2020, I had a psychic reading with Deborah Graham. Deborah Graham, I think most people know, is the super famous Sirius XM psychic. And I've talked about her before. Now I can say that I'm recording this on January 5th, 2021. I can say that she has been 95% accurate. Most psychics are around 80% accurate. So I've been very impressed by that reading. And it's been a year. So... I have a good grasp on what came true and what hopefully is coming true. She told me I was part alien, part human. The way I think about it is I don't think she was honing in on me and saying, Jennifer, you're so special. You're part alien. You're part human. I think she was just letting the cat out of the bag and saying, aren't we all? All of us. All of us could be part alien and not accessing that part, right? If we go into our higher consciousness, we could access that part. But can you imagine? And is that the part of us that will help us fully come into higher consciousness? Again, another concept to think about. Why not? Could we be extraterrestrials? Before I move on to the next point, I just want to go back to the idea of meditation. I think All of you, if not most of you know this, when you go into meditation and you want to contact any type of being, whether that is angels or your spirit guides or an extraterrestrial or an ancestor, it doesn't matter, you have to say for the highest good because you want to protect yourself against any dark forces you could attract and keep in the white light and keep in the light. Another idea is you can put a white light around you before doing this. And I say, every time I do Reiki or go into meditation, I say, this is for the health, happiness, highest good and safety of everyone involved. And that's what I say. It's it's a little long. But I learned my lesson because when I transitioned to a job I really wanted, I was at a point in my life, I was very unhappy with my career. And I would stand on the edge of the forest in my backyard every day. And I would ask the universe to quickly take me out of this miserable job and put me in the job I wanted. And it actually happened very fast, but I did not say for the highest good, and I ended up getting in a massive car accident. Now, that did propel me or transition me to the new job because I had the time to do training for the new job. But I think about what happens if I did add that every day, if I kept saying for the highest good, I think it would have been a much different transition. But again, everything happens as it should. Lastly, when I think about radio frequency 
and podcast because to me, they are interchangeable, right? Because this is almost like a radio show. When you think of podcast, what do you think the number one category is on Apple Podcasts? Some categories are sports, pop culture, politics. Do you have any guesses? It's actually religion and spirituality. And that's where this podcast is because they do not have a metaphysical category yet. And I'm hoping Apple will come to that. But metaphysical fits under spirituality. That tells me as a collective consciousness, we are moving toward that higher consciousness. We are embracing our metaphysical and spiritual sides. As we continue to move into the future, every futuristic movie you watched 20 to 30 years ago, go back and watch it. You will see that a lot of it is occurring today. For example, if you watch Star Wars, the first Star Wars, which came out, I believe it was 1977. In that first Star Wars, they had Yoda and Yoda is doing all sorts of things with his mind. And it was like magic to me. I remember watching that as a child going, wow, that's crazy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the holograms? And by the way, Yoda to me looks like a little extraterrestrial. So that makes sense. And I forgot to mention that in that documentary, they have a photograph of an alien that was standing in one of their groups. He came in as a beam of light and he looks like Yoda. He's a little green thing and it looks like he has a brown robe. Of course, it's, it's, you know, it's very hard to see, but you can see that he has somewhat of that form. And I thought that was cool. Also, if you see in the documentary that when these beams of light come in, in photographs, a lot of times they're coming in through the third eye, right? Our intuitive chakra. And they're also coming in at the heart chakra. So I found that kind of interesting too. But now all of this isn't so crazy. It's becoming widely understood and a lot more normal than it was, let's say, in 1977. We are embracing this new way of living, not just only in the metaphysical community, but everywhere, right? In the mainstream community. For example, I heard the craziest thing on a serious XM show that I thought was really cool. And this is one thing where I can't put in the show notes because it was just something I was listening to on my car restaurants are trying to problem solve about after COVID and, you know, what happens if people don't want to come back to restaurants the way they used to. They have decided, and keep in mind, these are a group of rich restaurants, okay, a group of expensive restaurants that have money. They are investing money in creating a sommelier hologram that beams into your home. So let's say on Friday night, you order a really nice dinner from this really expensive restaurant and you order three bottles of their top wine. They will beam in a sommelier to discuss the wine with you right at your dining room table, which I think is an absolutely not only brilliant idea, but it's an amazing idea. And how futuristic, how Star Wars is that to be beaming in a hologram at this point? The sommelier can either talk to you in a recording or he or she can talk to you live. 
this is, it just blows my mind when I heard it, but this is what we are coming to. We are coming into that new future, as we've discussed in every episode, coming into that technological advancement of the age of Aquarius. The future has been pushed a little bit by COVID. COVID, you know, has been tough, but one of the blessings may be that we have to come up with these advanced futuristic technological suggestions to keep us as a collective conscious. And I thought that was so cool. So I was thinking about, man, I wonder if you can start beaming in, you know, your friends on a Friday night, let's say it's snowed in and and you don't want to go to that restaurant because it's just, you can't make it there. It's snowed in and you have the ability to hologram in your friends who are sitting at their dinner table. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And I have a feeling that's what we're coming to. So if we're all moving to the future, then why not the idea of extraterrestrials? And why not the idea of extraterrestrials helping us, bringing peace and love to this planet, showing us how to live in a new consciousness, a higher consciousness, how to live in a state of consciousness and thought and travel dimensions and do all sorts of things. And I think we can start to do that in meditation and with the mind. And quite frankly, I think most of us do do this. I know a lot of people who can astral project, astral travel, those type of things. So it's coming. It's, it, you know, we're talking about it still as this, uh, I'm not so sure thing. By the time I have my human death, I think a lot of these things will be normal. I really do. I think we'll be talking about teleportation and all sorts of things. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. And as we move into the future and we are all connected as one, a single consciousness, then we're connected to everything, right? We're connected to the plants. We're connected to our animals. We're connected to the trees, the earth. Why can't we be connected to extraterrestrials? Until next week, live your life two inches off the ground. 